I'm Shelley Schlender. This is How on Earth, the KGNU Science Show. Today is Tuesday, July 19th, 2022. Coming up, part two of Salmon Wars. We asked the largest aquaponics farm in the world, what about land-based salmon? For every one gallon a minute of fresh water, we're producing about 100,000 pounds of human food between our leafy greens and our salmon. And we taste land-based salmon with Colorado's award-winning national expert on sustainable fish, Jack's Fish House chef, Sheila Lucero. We need to watch the volumes of wild salmon that we're taking, but we also want seafood to be accessible for everybody for years to come. This music is from the Boulder band Leftover Salmon. The song is Ask the Fish. If only we could ask the fish, we might better understand the plight of wild salmon, which are overfished and dying out. Farm-raised salmon now feed the world, but they're often raised in filthy conditions that create health hazards for the oceans and the hapless consumers who put salmon on their dinner plates. Last week, we heard about all this when we talked with the authors of the new book, Salmon Wars, the dark underbelly of our favorite fish. Salmon Wars authors Doug France and Catherine Collins shared many disgusting details about the filth and hazardous health common in the typical ocean-based salmon farm. You go to the store and what you're going to see on the label is probably just fresh Atlantic salmon. And so you think oceans, you think pristine rivers. It's just not true. If you'd like more information, we'll link to the extended interview with the authors on our website. The authors of Salmon Wars discussed a new way of raising salmon that offers hope for people who love salmon. It's land-based salmon farms that use recirculating aquaculture to raise salmon in clean, land-based tanks. It's a potentially more sustainable way to raise salmon, but it depends on many variables. And where do you get it? And how does it taste? To answer these questions, I got some land-based salmon and found someone to come over to my kitchen and help me do a taste test. And not just any someone. Hey there. Hi, it's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Nice to meet you, Sheila. Thank you for joining me. My name is Sheila Lucero. I'm executive chef of Jack's Fish House, culinary director for Big Red F Restaurant Group. Sheila Lucero is executive chef for a group of gourmet restaurants that include Jack's Fish House in Boulder and Denver. Lucero is a chef and a national expert on sustainable fisheries. She's on the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch Blue Ribbon Task Force, which offers ratings for what fish are safe to eat and which fish you should avoid. We brainstorm, we ideate, we advocate for our oceans and our seafood, and yeah, it's a great group to be a part of. Lucero has testified in Washington, D.C., advocating for a science-based focus on fisheries management. Today, Lucero will help taste the one land-based salmon in the United States that I could get here in Colorado. It comes from a Wisconsin company called Superior Fresh. Last week, this land-based salmon arrived at our house, frozen with dry ice, so I've been thawing it out. Now, you're already looking at this fish that I've cooked, Sheila, I can tell, because <laughs> you're here to evaluate the difference between a land-raised salmon that's based out of Wisconsin. I just poached this salmon, these little bites, in water and olive oil. I didn't okay. use salt or pepper or anything like okay. that. Do you have any thoughts looking at it? Which one is which? Can you tell? Poached, it's hard to tell because it lightens the color on all of them. How many different varieties am I? Are there all four different? Well, I got some of this 
land-based salmon on Friday and thawed it out. And okay. then I had another fillet that they sold me that I just thawed out yesterday. Okay. And I noticed that the texture was different from a Friday thaw versus something that's just barely thawed. Yeah. So I decided to cook a little bit of both. Do you want a fork to touch them with, or do you want to just poke them? Or? Uh, if I can touch them just with oh, my sure. hand, that'd be that's great. Fine. I would say this guy's probably wild. What makes you think that the wild? The color. The color and the texture. It's wild salmon season right now, so... It's a darker orange. Yes, darker orange in color. Typically, the wild salmon that are running this time of year, they have that color. These two feel like they have been frozen and look like they have some excess moisture just from being frozen. And then this one... You're picking up a small cube. Yeah, this one is hard to tell. Farm-raised but fresh, if I had to guess. Okay. <laughs> So you guessed right on the coho. Okay. And then the little cube there that you said looks fresh is sushi gray okay. salmon from Whole Foods. Okay. And then the other is the superior fresh. Okay. Where you're evaluating correctly that it came frozen with dry ice. Okay. Are they looking all like salmon to you? Yes. Definitely all look like salmon. If it looks like I need to poach them longer, we can put them in again or saute oh, a fresh piece. they're fine. I mean, they are cooked all the way through, which is, is fine. It depends on what what we want to evaluate here. Here's a fork for you. Okay. Do you want some lemon or do you want to just... Let's just try it as is. This is totally... Now, in, in Jack's Fish House, you would have put some good flavors with it, but this is just for science. Yeah, this is different application, right? <laughs> the authors of Salmon Wars said that farm... I'm sorry, farm-raised, land-based. They're purporting that this might end up being a more ecological and less toxin-laden fish than what we have right now in the oceans. Yeah. You're, are you interested in all that? Yes. In sourcing seafood and trying to figure out our best options, salmon's one of the fish that has been able to be farm-raised. There's a little bit more history with farm-raised salmon. We use a farm-raised salmon when wild salmon isn't available. But land-based is interesting because, in a good way, there's a lot less opportunity for salmon to escape. I'm not entirely familiar with all the work that... Superior Farms does, but anything on land, if they're recirculating water, those kinds of things are beneficial to the environment. They do say that they grow a lot of vegetables out of the water that they that. refresh. Really, them. really cool. They're growing greens with that salmon, it looked like. I did a little looking in, at their website. Uh, didn't do a ton of digging, so I'm not entirely sure. This is the first time I've tasted this salmon. so That's I'm so excited. exciting. Uh, yeah, I'm super excited myself to like get an idea of where they're coming from. There's a lot of potential with something like this. Will, I would chat some more about the science and the ecological side, but let's let you taste this. Okay. <laughs> well, let's taste this. Their, their salmon first, right? Yes. Now, I think that's the piece that I thought out on Friday. You're giving an evaluative look as you taste it. <laughs> uh, if I was to blind taste, I would say it tastes like salmon. I'm going to taste the sockeye. Which is one of the leanest wild salmons. But it has... When you're talking about king, sockeye, coho, any of those wild ones that are available in the summer, that to me is, they're full flavored. Um, they have a lot more salmon characteristics or what I think of as salmon characteristics. What do you think so far about the texture of the land-based salmon versus the wild? The land-based salmon, it's not quite as firm. It doesn't flake in the same way. Although this looks like a little bit more of a belly piece, so that might be part of it too, but... It doesn't flake in the same manner. And let me actually, let me take a look at this side over here. This looks flakier. I was down by the belly there. It's a little bit more, I guess, creamy. You're taking another taste. It's good. My sense about it was it was a fairly meaty fish. It tasted meaty. It had a fairly dense texture. Have you tasted the farm-raised, ocean-raised sushi-grade salmon yet? Mm. That's delicious. 
What makes it more delicious? That was the first time you used that word. The Superior Farms is more mild in flavor. It's, it is delicious as well, but this one has a little bit more. You didn't season it at all, and I feel like I taste salinity there. It's a little bit more firm in texture. There's more flavor to it. The Superior Farms has flavor, but it's very mild, which can appeal to a broader base when it comes to salmon. This is the fresher piece of the Superior okay. Fresh land-based salmon. Do we need to cook it more? No, I, I, I like it. It's, it's a little bit no, pink in the middle. I want to get it off the skin a little bit. Mm. That one's more solid, my guess is, than the one that I thawed out three days yeah, ago. Yeah, it's holding up a little bit better. It's hard with things that have been ultra-chilled or frozen. If you give them too much time, a lot of that moisture just continues to come out. Now, in your restaurant, you would generally thaw out something and cook it within a day or two. Currently, we don't use any salmon that's been frozen, so everything comes to us fresh or very, very cold, but not frozen through. So we don't slack a lot of salmon, but it's the same as with any other fish, I think. Just as soon as it's not frozen anymore, like within a day, it's ready to go. Giving it any more time, it just continues to down and moisture comes out of it. If that's the case, I'm going to put my thought out Superior Fresh back in the refrigerator <laughs> just a second here. Because it was not inexpensive. Since we don't have this kind of salmon available in Colorado, you have to fly it in on dry ice. All of that's expensive. It was about comparable to wild salmon okay. for the price per pound. Then there was the shipping with the dry ice. That added up. Are you encouraged or discouraged to hear all of this? I'm excited about all of this. I really am excited about the flavor, the strides that they've made. We want wild salmon to be accessible for years to come. We also need to watch the volumes of wild salmon that we're taking, but we also want seafood to be accessible for everybody for years to come. So making strides with aquaculture and the way that they're doing this with growing other vegetables are really trying to maximize their footprint with food. And so I, I, I appreciate that. I don't know a ton about their farm and I haven't been there personally, but I really like the direction that they're going. And I will say that the quality stands up. I'm gonna put my other salmon away because I'm still kind of haunted by the fact that the longer it stays out, the more mushy it's going to get. So just sec here. And I'll put this away, close my refrigerator door. This is basically as good as any other frozen fish. I think it stands up for sure. Great flavor. It does have good texture. It depends on how you would want to prepare it. Um, I mean, we're eating it as is, about as naked as it can get to get an idea of the flavor profile without kind of any manipulation to it. But I, I think it's delicious. I look forward to having more of it and checking it out a little bit more, for sure. Now, since you're a restaurant and you do high volumes and you can talk with these people directly, you can probably negotiate with them to get them to fly in fresh, for instance, if you wanted to. I would hope so. What kind of deal would they give you as a restaurant <laughs> that has a lot of pull in the Midwest? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd be interested to talk to them about it. We do have six restaurants that go through quite a bit of salmon. So the questions I have then for Superior Fresh as the Wisconsin place that's doing this right now are that one, they do feed these salmon sustainable, that's their word for it, sustainable fish meal. When you hear that kind of comment, sustainable fish meal, do you go, oh good, or do you go, says who? I, I would want to ask more questions. The word sustainable, I mean, as much as we love it, it's used broadly. I'd want to get a little bit more detail. There's a problem with feeding salmon smaller fish because that's overfishing the smaller fish. Indeed, yeah. There's been a lot of work done on the ratio of fish to pound of fish growing, right? And they did mention that, that, okay. the, that the ratio is pretty good. It's something like for every under a pound and a half 
of meal that they give these fish, they get about a pound of salmon. And that is actually, from what I can tell, a rather remarkable fed to salmon that we eat ratio. Yeah, we have a salmon that we use often at Jack's that is a one-to-one. So you source ocean-raised salmon. We've done a lot of work with help from Seafood Watch trying to find those sourcing avenues, doing things right. And so this is ocean pens. Not domestic though. Currently we're sourcing from Chile and from Norway. You found a few places that are clean and reliable and dependable and you stick with them. Yeah. The one that I'm speaking of, using a one-to-one food to body weight salmon growth, they use a yeast-based food. Is it fish meal or is it a yeast-based food? It's a yeast-based food. They're not pulling a lot of smaller fish from the ocean to feed the salmon. I know yeast is a huge percentage of the food. So that's one question you have for Superior Fresh. You don't buy somebody just saying sustainable fish meal. You want to know more because there's so many ways that it's collected that is not sustainable. Minnows and anchovies. Anchovies, mackerel, herring, any of that stuff. There's a lot of that fish that goes into fish meal. So I'd have some questions for sure. How about whether they could open an aquaponics place here in Colorado? Do we have enough water for that? It sounds like they're recirculating and using it for aquaponics for their greens, which is awesome. We do have some fish farms here in Colorado that we use. There's a striped bass farm in Alamosa that recirculates their water too, so land-based. I don't know the volumes of water. I don't, I'm not entirely sure how big that facility is. Okay, so those are some things to ask about. Yeah. Any other question you would want to ask them? I'm talking with them on Skype. Cool. Yeah. Do we need this kind of farm-raised fish to keep the ocean fish sustainable and not depleted. Definitely, I think we need to diversify to take the pressure off our wild fish. Wild salmon is delicious. I mean, there's there's nothing like it. But for all of us salmon lovers and people that want to eat fish on the regular, we have to be really mindful of where we're getting these things to take that pressure off the wild populations. And that's just not salmon, that's other species. I would love to just see more accessibility for everyone i mean it shouldn't be a special occasion kind of thing right like if you enjoy salmon you should be able to find it at a reasonable price and also have it be safe and the sense of the salmon or authors is that it's not safe for the oceans and it's really not safe for people that's controversial but that's their stance i think there's a lot of people doing things the right way aquaculture gets a bad rap historically there's been some missteps and things that have gone wrong I know a lot of people have learned from that, and so I want to support those people that are doing things right because I do think we have to take the pressures off of the wild populations. But not all aquaculture is bad. There's some good stuff happening. But I do like the prospects of land-based, for sure. I think there's a lot of, a lot of good that can come from this. I'm Shelley Schlender. This is How on Earth, the KGNU Science Show. Thanks to sustainable fish expert and Jack's Fish House executive chef, Sheila Lucero, for coming over to my kitchen to taste some salmon raised in a potentially healthier and more sustainable way than the typical farm-raised salmon that comes from ocean pens. It's land-based salmon. The superior fresh land-based salmon tasted pretty good. Still, Lucero and I had questions. To answer those questions, we did a Skype call up to Hickston, Wisconsin to talk with Superior Fresh President Brandon Gottsecker. This is good timing, Brandon, because I just finished talking with the Executive Director 
of Jack's Fish House, Sheila Lucero. And I hope it was good results. She did like it. Good. She said it was pretty good. good. Uh, we tested it against some ocean-raised sushi-grade salmon, and we also tested it against wild salmon that had not been frozen. So she was intrigued. Well, that's good to hear. We've done uh, an awful lot of different taste tests and trials, and usually we do really, really well. Our fish are more mild in flavor, so depending on how you cook them, it'll really take on the flavors that you cook with. Mildness is, I think, a good thing, especially for a lot of people that typically say that they don't like to consume seafood, especially salmon. So after they try ours, they're like, okay, I could do that. On your website, you state that your fish is fed sustainably harvested fish meal. Mm -hmm. Both Sheila Lucero and I said, says who? (laughs) First of all, we're BAP certified. What does BAP certified mean? So BAP is Best Aquaculture Practices. It's a third-party verification. They visit the facility, visit the farm, and then they look into everything. And one of the big things that they look at is food. How is it sourced? Where does it come from? Where do you get your food to feed the fish? From a company called Scredding, large feed producer, uh, specifically with uh, Atlantic Salmon. Certified organic diets, actually certified organically in Canada. There is no USDA organic certification for seafood, unfortunately. But because it ties well with what we're doing on the greenhouse side and the organic greens, uh, we chose to go with an organic diet. The other big piece of the puzzle that's important to us is the health of the end product for the consumer. We really want to push in the highest amount of mega-3s into our salmon flays so that the consumer truly gets a, a, a benefit from eating our salmon. I'm looking at the website for scretting. It looks like they have little pellets here. So you say it's high in omega-3. You bet. One of the things that we heard from Sheila Lucero of Jack's Fish House is that right now they source some of their salmon from ocean-based pens, Mm -hmm. but they found a place that raises salmon on yeast. Sure. Have you heard of that too? Um, Yeah, I think Hannaford is a company that uses an all-natural pigment that's in our diet. And I believe they use a form of yeast to create that coloring or that pigment that goes into the feed, the astaxanthin and the canthaxanthin that makes the salmon flesh pink. But how about the actual feeding of the salmon? Can you just feed a salmon yeast? Can you feed it algae? Uh, That's Well, so algae is something that they're working on for omega-3 specifically. So we have looked into that algae oil for omega-3s so that we can move away from fish oils. That's the long-term goal. Today, from what I understand, I think there's a little bit of an inclusion of algae in various diets, but it hasn't completely replaced, or I don't think it's to the point where you can completely replace fish oil. How about grubs? Do you feed your salmon grubs? Not yet, um, but there is a lot of research going into insect meal. None of those ingredients are quite there yet, but they're getting close. So we're at the forefront on trying to push those types of alternative ingredients. You know, today, the alternative from what we're doing is feeding the fish a soybean-based protein. And I don't get overly excited about that. Uh, Again, we want low omega-6s, we want high omega-3s, and we want a really good quality end product and a healthy fish. You don't want to feed them vegetable meal, and the salmon can convert, you know, yeast and algae. They're not quite plants. There's something else. Right. Exactly. They're in between. So so that means that they can make a lot of the animal-based food sources that salmon can thrive on. So that makes sense. Some other questions that came up from Sheila Lucero and me, and also the Salmon Wars people were, 
How do you get this into stores? I see that you in Wisconsin are selling to Whole Foods. We can't get your product here in Colorado. I see. Why not? So technically Whole Foods is, uh, we're just working with Whole Foods on produce right now. Oh, that's right. Because you take the excrement from the fish when you clean out the water, you use that great fish fertilizer to grow your lettuce and your greens. Mm -hmm. What's it called? Aquaponically. Aquaponically. Yep. The integration of fish and plants. Yep. Okay. So Whole Foods is buying your greens. Why aren't they buying your fish? You know, we've been talking to Whole Foods for really a, a handful of years now. We're still or have been fairly small or modest size and scale. With our phase one fish house, we're only producing about 160,000 pounds a year of Atlantic salmon. So very minimal. And with our latest expansion, we're producing about 10 times that. And so I would say that's the biggest reason why you might not see our product in some of those retailers. But we are in retailers with both our salmon and produce all over the U.S. I think we're in just over 25 and we might be in 26 different states right now with our product. Right now, it's a frozen product. One thing that Sheila Lucero, the executive chef for Jack's Fish House, told me is that they generally prefer their fish to be fresh. Sure. I'm assuming you ordered the fish off of our website? I did. That was expensive, by the way. <laughs> well, shipping is not friendly. But yeah, when you order direct from our website, and direct from Superior Fresh, it would come as frozen. Primarily, all our fish is sold fresh. Typically, it goes to local processors, Minneapolis, Chicago. We've got another uh, couple on the East Coast as well. But they'll actually do the majority of the processing. We'll kill and gut the fish on site. And then they're processed and shipped out fresh. Have you been asked or inquired about doing this kind of farm system in a place like Colorado? I do hear that there are fish that are raised in aquaponics, especially in southern Colorado. We have some trout farms like that. This model gives us the ability to raise you know, fish and produce just about anywhere. Here we can serve so much water that Technically you can, you can put these or locate these types of farms just about anywhere. So Colorado would probably be a great option. Now you said you can serve water. You're using a ton of water. I mean, these are fish, they're in water. When you reuse the water for your greens that you sell, are you using more or less water than if you were growing the greens in a field? We're using about one thirtieth the amount of water as conventional irrigation or irrigated fields. And we're producing about 20 times more poundage or biomass on the leafy green side per square foot than conventional agriculture. So when it comes to water efficiency and then space utilization, space efficiency, we're way ahead of your conventional and we're growing fish on the front end. So for every one gallon a minute of fresh water, we're producing about 100,000 pounds of human food between our leafy greens and our salmon. Well, where's the catch? Why isn't everybody doing this then? <laughs> well, first of all, the technology is just getting to the point where this is a feasible endeavor. It's an expensive uh, project to start. And Atlantic salmon take two years to get to harvest size. So you've got two years time and effort and care into fish. And it's easy to make a mistake in that time frame. And luckily we've got a great team that we've avoided those types of mistakes and, and we've got a really good product and, and the fish are happy and healthy. You know, I've read about that for other groups doing aquaponics where one small mistake means that you can lose a whole tank of fish and that can be a hundred thousand fish and 
there go all your profits for the next two years. Exactly right. And there's, I mean, there's other things that a lot of people in land-based industry still are trying to learn and figure out with salmon. So small, simple mistakes throughout the life cycle can have, you know, dramatic effects on the the long-term success. The last thing that I would ask you, well, one of the last things is that some scientists 20 years ago told me that in the Rocky Mountains, there are salmon that are native to the streams that will migrate something like a mile between one stream and another in their lifetime. So I actually was not surprised to hear that you were using all fresh water to raise your salmon. It's usually considered a part ocean fish, but some salmon did evolve to be just in fresh water and you're raising your fish all in fresh water. That's, that's spot on. Actually, we work closely with a company called Riverance. They they have a brood stock, the Cascade strain. It's an Atlantic salmon, but that brood actually came from a group of fish that was landlocked and stayed in fresh water its whole life. Why did you decide to get into this field? You know, that's a good question. I grew up in a small town in northern Wisconsin. I grew up on a lake. I just became infatuated with the idea that you can check off every box that a consumer might want and you can grow fish close to home. There's not very many people that have been able to do it successfully. And so with all those things in mind, I I just got really excited about the opportunity and ran with it. We've been talking with Brandon Gottsacker, president of Superior Fresh. That's a company that raises land-based salmon. It's a new way to raise salmon that might become one of the healthiest, most sustainable ways to get salmon on the dinner plate. That's all for this edition of How on Earth. Our executive producer is Beth Bennett. This week's show was produced and engineered by yours truly, Shelley Schlender. Additional contributions by Radio Nibble's host, John Lendorf. Our theme music was written and produced by Josh Cutler. Additional music from Boulder's own Leftover Salmon. Visit our website at howonearthradio.org to find past episodes, extended interviews, and hot links to the topics we've talked about today. Questions or comments? Call the KGNU comment line at 303-447-9911. For How on Earth, the KGNU Science Show, I'm Shelley Schlender.